0: Hi, I'm Anna Harris. Welcome to our podcast. Please join us as we talk to experts, ministers, and prophetic voices from around the world on topics relevant for today. I hope you enjoy this message. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today for this conversation that I had with Tresha Frost. Trisha Frost and her late husband, Jack Frost, founded a ministry called Shiloh Place Ministries. And this ministry carries the father heart of God and has just helped so many people. And the ministry was growing and thriving at one point. um, And Jack Frost was traveling all over the world to minister. And then tragically, he passed away. And so, Trisha and her family were left to make a lot of decisions, to make choices about what are they going to do with the ministry. And they were also left to grieve their husband and father. And so, um, we talk about this in um, our conversation. She talks about this in her new book called Experiencing the Father's Embrace Through Grief and Loss. And in it, she has um, perspective from different family members, and then she also interviewed other people who have experienced other types of grief and loss. And so uh, she talks about what their process was of getting through their own experience. And I really think that this uh, talk will be beneficial because we all know people who have experienced loss in their life. Maybe you have experienced loss or you are in the process of experience a type of loss uh, in your life, whether it's the death of a family member or a loved one or uh, loss of job changes, um, things like that, that we have to walk through and we want to do it in a healthy way. And so we'll be talking about some of that uh, today. Uh, I have known Tricia for a number of years, and she came and ministered many times at the School of Ministry that I was a director of. And she was just uh, very beloved by our students, and they always got so much out of what she carries. And so I believe that you're going to really enjoy our conversation and that it will help you through your own grief and loss or help you to be supportive. um, of other people, friends and family that are experiencing grief or loss, so uh, I will bring on Tricia now. Well, hi Tricia, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited for our viewers and listeners to be able to hear what you have on your heart and just you know the the process of um, recovering from grief and loss that you've gone through. And I know you have your wonderful new book that is going to help people a lot too. So, but um, can you just give us a little bit of um, background about who you are? I know who you are, but maybe some of our listeners don't. So, um, yeah,
1: I can do that. It's so good to connect with you too. Again, Anna, I was um, even before you asked me to do this, I was thinking about you a couple weeks ago and I thought to myself, "I I don't know, just. Every time I came to Houston, you know, or you invited me to do something with you, it just seemed like there was uh, an immediate connection and a comfortableness and a peacefulness, even a safety kind of a thing. And and so I just want to thank you for creating that kind of an atmosphere because your listeners need to know that, you know, they need to know you're not going to get on here. And I don't know you to preach at somebody. You present information in a a way that people can choose their healing, you know, process and progress. And Mm -hmm. I just always appreciated that about you. So I wanted to start with saying that. And of course, thank you. Thank you. And it's always an honor. You know, it's always an honor to be asked to share anything um, that brings healing to other people's lives. Yes. Because it always, and you know, this ultimately, it still brings a new level of healing to your own life. Mm-hmm. And so um, my name is Trisha Frost, and my husband and I, Jack Frost, and what an honor to be married to Jack Frost, you know, <laughs> that name gets you in places that you normally wouldn't get into. But I'm, I'm, uh, we, we founded Shiloh Place Ministries with a goal to bring healing to the hearts of leaders because, you know, leaders give out so much. And where do they go? You know, where do they go? Uh, because if they go anywhere, usually they're made to feel, you know, shame or guilt or, or whatever for just trying to get their own hearts whole and yes. healed. So we started that ministry. This is our 30-year anniversary. We started that 30 years ago. Wow. We had been 15 years without Jack. And Jack was a wonderful foundation and legacy. Uh, and of course, he left the healing that he left that he brought home first is what really his has touched the world. And, um, and so we continue with our resources. We continue with, um, I go and share my family shares, you know, um, we do a lot of one-on-one ministry still with pastors and leaders. And, uh, we, I write a lot of books and Doug, my son-in-law who's leading right now does a lot of podcasts. And, um, we simply just kind of share what's been given to us, if that makes sense, because, I'm just to the point, I don't like to be told what to do or how to do it because I set myself up for failure. It's not that I don't want somebody, I can't receive from somebody. I always set myself up for failure. Mm -hmm. And so that's mainly what we do is give away the healing that God has done in our life. So that's kind of a little synopsis for who we are at Shiloh Place Ministries.
0: and Yeah. That's great. Well, and just so our viewers know, I, um, had you come and minister several times, um, at the school of ministry that I was leading and I'd always really admired you because, um, I saw how you walked out, you know, your healing and how you really picked up, um, when 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 jack left and you know went to heaven and um just it was just amazing to see the courage that you had and to see um uh you know you did it well i probably wasn't always perfect and and we don't see all the behind the scenes but you know i think that your story will really encourage other people that are that are going through thank loss you. like that
1: thank you i appreciate that it was not an easy journey but I mean, when I look at my life and um, I don't say this with any measure of pride whatsoever, because the journey was hard. But when I look over my life and I see what was left, you know, and, and the Lord just, you know, helped us to build and make something with what was left mm-hmm. and uh, and and to build on the legacy that Jack, but that was a part of what was left. Yes. Jack was a loss, but he left a legacy that caused that motivated us to to move forward because we finally received this revelation of love. I didn't want to go back to a revelation without love. Yeah. And so that was the main reason we were able to move forward. The legacy is everything, especially yes. a true legacy Anna, Cause you know, in this day and age, because of who we are and what we do, we deal with so many leaders, um, that get stuck, but then we deal with leaders that deliberately fall. Mm-hmm. but we we can't throw them away either. we've got to figure out a way of restoration for their hearts and um so, in all of that, you have a choice- to- we had a choice to make make a choice of courage and move forward or stay stuck or go backwards. There's no going backwards once you've received a real revelation of how much you're loved and how much you belong.
0: Yes, can't go back no. so um, and so just so people know, um, uh, your husband was a very popular, effective minister and was traveling, doing conferences and all of that. And, um, then just suddenly you got the bad news that he right. was ill. Can you talk about that and what the process was? Sure.
1: Well, Jack was traveling. My Jack got a revelation of this love, father's love from Jack Winter. And yes, God has a sense of humor. If you think about Jack Winter laying hands on Jack Frost <laughs> and doing the father's blessing over him. How many times have we been to meetings or stood in line um, for a revelation or just something, you know, you're hungry for something. And and Jack was tenacious and he knew that he had issues he, with love. He did not know how to receive love, especially from a father. And you'll have to get our book, Experience in the Father's Embrace, because I don't want to spend all the time there. But the story, Jack's journey of his hunger to treat his children in a way that they felt valued was what led him to Jack Winter and, mm-hmm. and Toronto and the whole Toronto blessing, and especially the part of it um, that focused on the revelation of the father's love. So Jack was there and he met Jack Winter and Jack Winter blessed him and also stood in line for a a father in place of a father and repented to Jack for all the pain and all the hardness and harshness and everything, just everything that Jack had been just desiring, you know, what son or daughter, what, what that we all want to hear, Father, you love me, you know, that we're valued, we're loved, we're cherished. And uh, Jack longed for that all of his life. And so when Jack Winter did that, it was not another message, Anna, and this is how we knew it was real. It was not another message. It became who Jack was. Mm-hmm. And he brought that home. He didn't try to go and teach you and, and you know, your ministry or, or anybody else. He brought that revelation of love home first to me and then to our children, and it forever changed how we saw Jack, and this, well, here's what happens, so many times you see your earthly dad, you know, in the image that you see Father God, and you put every, all the characteristics, or what was lacking, or whatever, on um, God, that, you know, that you have with your earthly dad, and that was the sad thing, and that was how we brought so much healing. So Jack starts traveling the world because people know this is real, because they see the change in our family. He's a sought after speaker and he begins to travel the world. I mean, he's gone two weeks on and, you know, home two weeks. And in the middle of that, you know, we just thought, oh my gosh, this revelation is going to just heal the world. I mean, to us, it was the answer, one of the answers to the world's problems. Mm -hmm. And so, in the middle of that, Jack started coughing. Uh, and we just thought it was, you know, his voice. He's, he, if you've ever been in a Jack Frost conference, he screams, he, he does all kind of funny stuff. And so we just thought his voice was strained or his vocal cords. So he we went to the doctor thinking, okay, it's just, you know, I need to take care of my vocal cords. And so the doctors came back and said, "No, we think it's tuberculosis." And they sent him down to this medical center to have an endoscopic thing done. And he went and did that again, thinking it's something mild—tuberculosis is so easy to kill. I mean, to cure. So if that was all it was, da da da. da. So anyway, he um, when he came out of the procedure. The doctor was standing there and he looked at me and he thought Jack was awake. And he gave us the bad news that Jack only had three months to live
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that he had a of the chest cavity. And, and the longest anybody's ever lived with that was six months. Wow. Um, so I won't go into all the details of that, but we did everything to bring healing to Jack because we knew we, we had a dream, you know, we had a purpose. And so we knew God was going to heal him. And so we we hung into that, you know. We're gonna live our life, and so we're living, not dying, was kind of the little word God gave us. And so we built a house. We did all these wonderful things, you know, thinking Jack was gonna be healed. We were gonna progress into a new level of ministry, yada yada yada. And then thirteen months later, on the um, well, I don't want to say that. Thirteen months later, Jack goes to be with the Lord, mm-hmm. and so we were devastated. I mean, what do you do when this amazing man of God um, is no longer there? You know, and because I look to him. I always lived out of Jack's shadow and I was happy to live there just so you know, because he was such a, I don't know, a grandiose, whatever, icon, le- legend, whatever. Um, and so I didn't mind living in his shadow, but then he dies. And so do I close the ministry down or do I continue the message Um, so my process through that, uh, you know, was basically what drove me to write the book, experiencing the father's embrace through loss and grief. And there were all sorts of things, um, that happened during that time. You know, it took me 13 years to write this book Mm -hmm. because this is not a book that you write overnight. And, and also it's not a book that I wanted to talk about just being a widow, there was so much loss. There's so many different kinds of loss and everybody needs to find their path of grief so that they can heal. And I also know to answer one of your questions, I never was angry at God. My daughter was and all these stories and these answers are in that book, but I never, I never became angry at God. Sarah did. And she distanced herself from God. I was never disappointed because God didn't heal Jack, um, I was wounded by some of the things, the stupid things that people say when somebody dies. Like, well, you know, we know Jack was all this, but God needed him more than you, or it was right. God's will or all the, that's addressed in the book too. Things
0: I saw to that list, list in the book, things not to say. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's really helpful. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So no, I never was angry at God. I just began to um, position myself more and more. To hear his voice. Mm
0: -hmm. And I,
1: you know, in my process of grief, I kind of got stuck there for a while because, you know, being an international speaker and being pretty famous and all, um, people were kind to send us all this stuff on grief. I mean, I had a stack of books in my floor about a foot high. Just read this, Trisha, just read that. And when you're going through grief, you can't read, you can't Mm -hmm. do. And People weren't trying to necessarily put that on me. I put that on myself. Well, I'm not healing because I'm not doing what everybody thinks I should do. And then Bill Johnson, Bill and Benny, Bill had just written a book called Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. And for whatever reason, I mean, I knew Bill, he knew us, and da-da-da, but we weren't super close buddies or anything like that. Um he sent me a copy of the book and he and Benny stuck a note in it. And, you know, it just said, Trisha, you're going to have to make some choices. We pray that you make the choices of courage that that whole book is written about. And it's all about Joshua 1.9. That's my new anthem, by the way. And um, so anyway, I read that book and that was one of the main things um, that motivated me to, to say, OK, Trisha, Jack is not here, but you are. Your family is. So what's the next step for you? And um, so courage. And if it hadn't been for that revelation of love, you mm-hmm. know, honestly, that revelation of love healed my heart, not just Jack's heart, healed our children's heart. So if we had not had that, we probably would be atheist or agnostic or, you know, I kind of have a little temper and I could sit on the floor and just scream at God and doing whatever. And and he he would care, but. You know, I would have closed my heart to God for sure. Mm-hmm. The loss was too great.
0: And, and, and did then you get stuck. Yeah. So what did you do? Because I know a lot of people, especially in charismatic, word of faith type of background, right. um, you know, believe in healing and we should believe in healing. Right. But right. then how do you balance that with? but Jack died, you know, what were your thoughts? What did, how did you process that?
1: Well, you know, um, of course I'm, I'm just sitting here for a minute pausing because I want to give you kind of a, a detailed, you know, whatever, but the book of course addresses the loss. I mean, it was such a, a great loss, but for me, how I processed it, I had to just sit back and and honestly, take a break from everything and just ask the Holy Spirit, come and show me what your plan is. Cause I didn't have a plan, Anna. I was stuck. I didn't know how I was gonna make it through gr- grief. And so in that course, you know, we have this beautiful message that how do we keep the message alive? And so that became my focus is how do I keep this message alive? The testimony testifies, you know, and, and when a testimony testifies, it produces healing for everybody. So I began to just seek God on, on what was the next thing, but, and so I got up, I said, okay, you know, I'll start, I'll take over the ministry. The board had, Jack had actually left me president. So I had a great board at that time and they began to work with me and, um, come up with a plan, you know, that we could move the ministry forward and keep the message alive. But then what happened in the midst of that was, um, All the the friends, you know, people you thought were your friends and they were gonna stand behind you the same way they stood behind you when Jack was alive, they began to leave one by one. And within the first two months, well let me say six months after Jack's death, our support was cut by two thirds, not a half. It was cut by two thirds. What that meant for me is I had to begin to cut staff and you know, we had to be you know, we just had to bring the ministry, scale it down some. And uh, so I lost support, we lost friendships, I began to be labeled, you know, I began to hear the little rumors, well, she's not Jack, she can't carry the ministry, she's a female, she's going to teach on the mother heart of Father God. That was one of the biggest things for me, is that I had people come against me because I talked about the nature of a loving father. And, uh, and, you know, um, Denise Jordan blessed me. She's kind of the mother of that message. And she blessed me to carry that message forward. But the condition with Denise was don't ever stop calling it the mother heart of father God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And
1: so I did, but you, I, I was honestly shocked at the people that did not like this revelation of intimacy with a loving father, that God could be intimate. And so the more I traveled and the more I spoke on that. Um, the more people begin to label me, you know, or when I didn't fit into the box that like say pastor friends or other people thought I should fit into, then I got thrown away. And that was almost as hard as losing Jack because I, we had built such covenant relationships. I never dreamt that I would be thrown away by the very people that, you know, at some point, at one point in my life you know, I listened to more than anybody else. And um, I got thrown away by them. I got labeled, I got uh, labeled, um, put on widow's row kind of, you know, and I didn't want to be identified by, by um, a negative label. I wanted to be labeled. uh, I didn't even want to be labeled. I just wanted to move forward with the message that we carried that message didn't die when Jack died.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And well, and I admire you just as a female keeping that going, you know, because, you know, the more that we as women do, it's like it, it opens the door for other women and it shows them by example that, right, you know, exactly this can be done. Yeah, yeah. It also um, reminds me just talking about the loss and people who kind of sort of disappeared. It reminds me of the scripture where David says, um, it, it would have been one thing if it was people I didn't know. And I'm just paraphrasing, but it was my close friends. We used to walk to temple together or whatever. And, um, because those are the, those are the wounds that cut the deepest and, um,
1: you yeah, so.
0: know, yeah,
1: cause some of the people, uh, one of the things I heard was Trisha has mental problems. And I thought to myself, well, Lord Jesus, if you ever knew me before then, Jack's death didn't cause the mental problems. They were already there. <laughs> I mean, I'm a quirky out of the box kind of thing, not rebellious or anything like that, but just adamant that um, I know what the Lord has, has destined for my life. And it's not because I'm the only one that hears God, but it was because I had a core group of people my family and a core group of people that they kept me focused. You know, they, mm-hmm. they would not let me just go away and die. And that's actually what another person said. She just needs to either go away and die or go away and do something else. You know, she is just not capable. And so when you're sent messages, you know, and, and you remember, cause you're, you know, you love, um, you know the healing ministry and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. so when you're given those kind of messages, you choose to believe them or you understand that that's just a lie. So what is the truth? Mm-hmm. And so I, for a moment in time, begin to br- embrace the lie. Maybe I'm not capable. Well, maybe I I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it should be a guy doing this. And uh it was in those quiet moments, you know, with Father God that. You know, he just reminded you, reminded me, if I made you in my image, what makes you think that I did not give you and equip you with everything you were going to need to take the message forward? The message is about you and your family. It's about your image of a loving father. And you can't give away somebody else's image. You know, I can only give away my image and how my image of him was healed. Mm-hmm. And so I've traveled the world. I've I've gone over seven hundred thousand road miles now. Wow. I've been, I've been in almost every state in the USA except for Alaska and Hawaii. And and you know you know how many times that I was in Houston with you guys and um, um, it was yeah. real.
0: Yeah. It sounds to me like part of your healing process was recognizing your purpose and going for it. And through that, through that walking toward it brought a lot of healing for you. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, you know, um one of the things, you know, just to answer another one of the questions, you know, to go back to find your tribe, because in the middle of loss and grief, you know, you, it's so funny, but 20 people can be saying wonderful things about you. And it's that one person. It's the the message of the one person that's telling you a lie that will pull you out of who you are, will pull you out of your destiny. And so I began to focus on the truth. I had to forgive. And we talk about this in the book. You know, one of the paths, you know, one of my processes was I had to identify who those people that kept, you know. Speaking lies over me, speaking lies about me. And I had to forgive those people and focus on the core group of people, you know, my board being one, my family, you know, and then my immediate team members, because we continued to do, you know, I continued to travel. We continued to do our schools. I continued to teach in other ministry schools. And, um, I My main focus is just not the revelation of Father's love, but how that revelation changes a mindset yes, and heals a heart. And so, you know, that, that's big for me, you know, is to err on the side of grace. And my son-in-law says it this way, you know, that, that when we can um, embrace who we are and embrace our path and redeem that past, it will restore our history. And I think that's what kept me alive and moving was remembering those things and forgiving those people. You know, it's so funny because I'm still in relationship with some of those people. And, and when I see them like at funerals or weddings or things like that, they run from me. It is so funny how they run from me. And, and there's nothing in my heart, you know, um, but healing. But my path's not their path. Right. And, um, so again, I have to forgive again, you know, Lord, I forgive that person. I let go with that person because I'm going to embrace my destiny mm-hmm. and you can't embrace your destiny when the pain of loss is dictating your future.
0: And right.
1: uh, so I mm, have so to good. deal with that.
0: You know, one of the things I really like about your book is, um, you don't have like a steps to healing or something because you have several different, many different stories of other people and everyone's path to healing was somewhat different. And so I really like that because it's for, it's up to each individual to sort of get with God, listen to him and find their own sort of path to healing.
1: Right. That's the, um, when I was trying to write the book, you know, for 13 years, you know, when, whenever you're a young widow, everybody is like, you know, they're, they're kind of pulling at you in a good way. Tell us your experience. You need to write a book, Tricia. And for 13 years, I had the idea for the book in my head. I was going to write a book on widow's might, M-I-G-H-T, you know, what a widow can do. And then it's all about what I do in my strength instead of what I do, you know, in the Lord's strength within me. Cause I didn't want to be religious either. Right. And so I didn't, <laughs> I could never write a book entitled the widow's might. And so my son-in-law Doug crew came to me one day and he said, you know, he just told me, he said, Trisha, he goes, you can't write that book because that's not the book you're supposed to write. You're trying to focus on the strength of a widow when the Lord wants you to focus on the strength of loss and mm-hmm. tell people how he healed your heart in the midst of your personal loss. And I got to thinking about that. And, you know, a year ago when I was writing the book, the buzz thing was stories. Everybody's got a story, you know, the Pixar story and, and all of that. And so I, I asked the Lord, okay, help me to write my story, which I did, and my children wrote a chapter, each one on their story. I had a couple of friends who were, you know, like Jack's, they were mentors, they wrote their story. But then I thought, what are other losses? And so the other stories in the book are about losses of a child and how you deal with that Mm -hmm. losses of friendship, losses of a ministry. The one pastor I was telling you about in there and how he with seven kids under, you know, seven little kids was fired and the loss that he had to experience. Experience because he wouldn't allow a church board to put him in a box. Today, mm-hmm. I didn't ever tell you this yesterday, Anna, but today that gentleman, I, when everybody's there, he probably um, a new church, you know, he had to give up that church, but now God restored it. He leads the church of about three to 500 people wow. and so much healing and um, God redeems our stories. Yeah. you know, He really does. And again, without, I I didn't want to be religious. I wanted people to see, okay, there's all kinds of loss. Mm -hmm. One of the stories in the book is probably my favorite story in the book, um, is the gentleman, his wife, that their son was murdered at point blank range. Mm -hmm. And after he was murdered, I mean, that's a loss in itself. Oh my goodness. But after he was murdered five years later, um, the father of the child that was murdered, got into prison. This is, you know, think about all of our old prison days and the fun we had in prisons, you know, when we were ministering together. And uh, so he got into prison, was able to sit in front of the gentleman that held a gun point blank to his son. And for no reason killed his son because he had watched the movie and wanted to know what it was like to kill another human being. Gosh. Mm-hmm. And so that day, five years later, when a victim's family cannot get in to see a perpetrator, you remember that from any of the prisons we've been to. Yes. He got in holding that gentleman's hand. Mm-hmm. He led him to the Lord. How I'm you do that? Him. I'd have had a gun hidden somewhere and I'd have blown him. He would have went to see Jesus <laughs> that day.
0: But Which is why he- they don't let people in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Like That's amazing but- that he was able, mm-hmm. I mean. To be there um, through that yeah. prison ministry. And well, prison. to
1: overcome his loss. And that was the whole point. God had healed his loss and his wife's loss through John Arnott's book, The Blessing of Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And or I don't know what it's called today, but it was on the art of forgiveness or something like that. They read that book. And it took them five years to come to a point to where they could look that gentleman in the face and say, God loves you. Mm-hmm led him to the Lord. And now today, the last I heard the gentleman has kind of a small group and he'll be in prison the rest of his life.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, he was shown value in his mistake. And um, those are just one of many, there's a the story of losing a husband. There's a the story, you know, of wife and divorce and how her husband abandoned her. And, and I tell her all the time, I, this sounds horrible of me, but I had rather Jack had died mm-hmm. and abandoned me through divorce. So her story and how she was able to overcome and move forward in her life and not get stuck in, in that loss. And, yeah. and so the whole point of each story is a different person's path. So in other words, there's not the five or the eight steps to grief, overcoming it or loss or whatever. You have to pick out the points in each person's story. But when you see what, what God did in their life and how they overcome Mm-hmm. The goal of the book is to produce hope.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I like also that you cover loss, not just grief, because there are all kinds of losses in life, right. you know, job loss and ministry loss, like you mentioned. And you
1: know. and friendship loss, relationship. Mm-hmm. I never, if anybody would have told me that uh, my best friends would have walked out of my life during that season, and they just walked out. Um well. I would have called you a liar, not them, mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did. And, um, you know, they really never turn around and, and look back to see how I was doing or nothing. And that, again, that was almost as big a loss as losing Jack mm-hmm. because it was a fight to forgive and a fight to move on. Um, but then I look at people like, I mean, I can stay focused there, the one thing. <laughs> Or I can look at what's happening in my life today and and people that I admire. You know, Benny Johnson in my book, Unbound, um, they did the Fords and stuff like that. And she she read my book and she contacts me. And, you know, in her description of me is, Trisha's one of the most courageous women I've ever met. And then um, Bill said the same thing. He goes, I've never met somebody that's taken loss and turned it into you know, success and whatever. And Leif Hetland calls me a senior eagle that causes other eagles to soar. Mm. And John Arnon, of course, John, Papa John and Carol, you know, they're, John's always telling me, you keep saying that you've influenced thousands of people. And he told me one time he was in a meeting with me and he goes, I want you to start saying millions. Mm. And I go, why John? He goes, because it's been millions of people that not just Jack's life has touched, but you've been here 15 years. There was 15 years with Jack, 15 years without Jack. And you have influenced just as many people. And now, I, again, I don't mean that pridefully, but, oh, my gosh, that's what people are saying. And that's what we need to focus on, especially in grief and loss. Mm-hmm. What are people actually saying that know you, that walk with you today? What is it that they're saying and how can you believe that? Because as you believe the lie, you'll become like the lie. If you believe the truth, then you will be healed of the pain and you will live out your destiny. And that's my greatest hope is that people live out their destiny. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, you know, and and I even think about you and and you're one of my heroes and how you've moved forward in life and, and there's this whole new season for you. We have no clue the plans that are in God's head, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to focus on that. Right. I want to focus on what are you saying, God, because I don't want to listen. You know, I don't want to listen to those people that really don't want me to succeed. Why mm-hmm. would you not want a person to succeed? But there are those who don't. Yeah. And uh, I want to focus on those who do. Right. That's good. That's good.
0: It that means we should be careful of who we listen to for sure. Exactly. So, exactly. That's yeah. so good.
1: Even when you think it's covenant people who, for me, I had to find, cause there was all kinds of people in my life that said they love me. Who are the people that were walking with me?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yes. there
1: were those that abandoned me that thought they had a place to tell me, you know, what to fit into da. da, da. And, but then there are those that are walking with me today and know who I am. Yeah. Those are the ones that, that I listened
0: to right. Yeah. And being in verse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Well, so what would you say to someone who has experienced loss? Like how would you encourage them right now?
1: Um, With our message on air on the side of grace, embrace your pain, Mm -hmm. embrace an encounter with love, but as you're embracing your pain and you embrace that encounter with love, God's going to redeem, he's going to redeem your story. And that to me is the most precious thing you can do. Okay. If you've experienced loss, usually with loss comes guilt and shame and all the, I should have, could have, would have, whatever. And that can dictate the next level for you if you're not careful. And so how do you pause I tell people, okay, you're in the middle of your situational circumstance. Take a step back and look at everything that's going on. You know, who are those people that you're listening to? And how do you stop listening to them? You know, and uh, forgive yourself, forgive them, find your tribe, forgive yourself for thinking you're a failure. Forgive yourself for believing a lie that's not true about you. And again, find your tribe. Find out what God is saying about you. And listen, and and don't be, you know, I don't think I'm prideful. You know me pretty well, and I don't think I'm a prideful person. But one of the alcolates, I guess, of of the last 15 years is um, this magazine, um, Charisma Magazine, Uh, was doing this whole thing on the hundred year celebration of the assemblies of God. And within that they were celebrating the assemblies of God, but they were celebrating other people too. And so in that they contacted me and asked me to do an interview uh, you know, about overcoming loss kind of, I mean, this is even a while before I even decided I was going to do this. And um, I said, why do you want to do an interview with me? There's so many other people out there. And they said, because, we And they said it to me, not to Jack. We didn't, It wasn't they considered Jack. Uh, they were like, we consider you, Trisha, one of the most 25 influential people in the last 100 years. Wow. I was like, honest <laughs> to goodness, that was like getting an Academy Award. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, that's awesome. So I was like, why, how, da, 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 And in the course of that, the interview, the lady did the interview. And uh, I think to my, I mean, every time I think about that, I cry because I'm so humbled that that's how the Lord saw me. Mm-hmm. That is nothing like what I saw for myself. Yeah. So take a step back and embrace what God sees and begin to listen to what he's saying, because that's what's going to shape you and define you and, and, and not what other people say about you, throw that stuff in the trash. And I know that's hard to do sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, and it does take encounters with love. It takes positioning yourself. You know, you have a path, you have a part in this. So I began to position myself, you know, for what the next thing was for me. And then I gave God permission to do whatever he wanted to do in me and did obedience, you know, Every day God speaks to you. And I'm not just, please don't hear that as religion. Every day I just thirst for the voice of God, mm-hmm. you know, because he's got a definition of me for that day. He's got an assignment for me for that day. If I get that done, I don't have to worry about the whole big picture. Mm-hmm. I just need to do that little piece of the puzzle for that day. It
0: takes the pressure off. Yeah, it does. That's so receive
1: good. Receive love. Receive love and give it away. You know, Jack Winter always said, love is a gift, not a reward. Mm -hmm. And so many people in ministry set a standard that this this has to happen. And if it doesn't happen this way, then you're broken. Or when you receive a message that you're broken, you can't possibly receive a message that you belong, Mm -hmm. that you have an encounter. You have a place in Father's heart. Lots of scriptures out there for that, too. You know, Psalms forty, verse five, is one of my favorite. He thinks about you more times than there is numbers to count. Is mm-hmm. paraphrase, but the Passion translation. Think about that, Anna. Yeah. I don't understand the sovereignty of God that that could happen individually,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: unless the words lie, that's what he says. Yes. So he's I, thinking about
0: I, us all the time. Yes.
1: But we can't, com- in our finite minds, we can't comprehend that. So mm-hmm. I've had to position myself for infinity, you know, and his infinite wisdom. I got to choose to believe that because mm-hmm. if I believe what I'm thinking, I, I never, com- I never move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so good. So yeah. okay. good. Well, that. we'll probably close soon. I was just wondering if you would mind just saying a, a- a quick prayer for people that are listening and maybe they're relating to some of the things that you're saying.
1: Oh, happy to. Holy spirit. I thank you. I thank you uh, for technology because, um, it's so nice as a mother and, and talking on a, the mother heart of father God and, and things like that. I love to touch people, but because of the pandemic, we've not been able to, and look what you did. You provided zoom. And so, Holy Spirit, I believe that you transcend through time, through um, technology, through whatever, and that your presence right now is settling on the heart of, a, of somebody that's been wounded and hurt through loss, and they don't understand their path of grief. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to focus on that one right now. You know, I love that song that says you leave the 99 and you find that one, the overwhelming love of God does that. And Father, I believe that not because I have to. I believe it because I want to. And so I receive that, Father, and I give it away. I honestly see almost like a big spotlight. You know, you've seen that commercial where a spotlight just zooms down on on this one person and and everything else is darkened. And and I don't know who you are, but I do know that you're there. And so I asked for a revelation of love that healed my husband and that he brought it home and healed our hearts and have caused us to believe and how much we're loved, and the value of love, and that you're not broken, and that there is a place, there is a plan for you in the midst of your situational circumstance. I speak to you right now, and I just ask the Holy Spirit to pour out a personal revelation of how much you belong. You're not broken. Your identity's not bent. You're there, and he's got his eye on you, And he will leave everything to find you if you ask. And even if you don't ask, he's still looking. But ask, simply just ask. Ask him for his presence to overwhelm you. Ask him for his presence and his power and the blood of Jesus to bring healing to your situation. And watch what he does. Absolutely watch what he does for you. And then be grateful. Please don't forget gratitude. A grateful heart. You know, they say that a joyful heart is good medicine. But I want to say to you, a grateful heart is just as good medicine. Because you acknowledge his provision. You acknowledge his presence. And so, Father, I thank you that we acknowledge your presence today. As we call upon you, Lord Jesus, for our strength. As we call upon you, Father God, for you to pour out love in the presence of your spirit within us. You're always there. You never leave us. So help us to choose to believe it. Strengthen someone. I want to pray over you what Bill prayed over me in, in his little message. And that was, I pray that those of you who are listening would find the courage to make choices of love. And to move forward into your healing in Jesus' name. And as a mom, I bless you. I bless you in the kingdom. Listen, I don't know of any pure or greater heart than a mother's love mm-hmm. to see somebody fulfilled, succeed <clears throat> with their plan. I mm-hmm. don't, I, that's why there really is a nurturing heart of Father God, because we moms can't do it without him. So. Right. There you go. So good.
0: That's so good. I loved your prayer. Uh So, just to remind people, I don't know if this will show up, but the name is Experiencing the Father's Embrace Through Loss and Grief. And your website is shilohplace.org. Right. Right. And they can find Mm -hmm. other this book and other resources, teachings and events.
1: We do. We've got some online events coming up. My son, Joshua, is coming on board and he's going to be speaking and sharing. um, That's awesome. So we got one coming up at the end of May. So check it out online. We all the small groups. We do small groups, you know, within these events. They're full, I think. But the, the webinar itself is still open. So check it out.
0: Okay sounds good. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information or other resources, please visit our website at definedbygod.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast and email list. Until next time, please know that you are very loved by your Heavenly Father.